for what's on our screens. As Hello. Always, myself, I, me, person speaking is here, Ryan. That is Ryan. And I have with me Bryce. You all know me, whether you like it or not. And we're here today to talk about Dune. We are. The one we have all been waiting for. Yeah, the much anticipated, much delayed, <laughs> finally, finally released Dune. I have been waiting for this movie for, I don't know how long, probably since it was announced. Yeah, too long. And, um, and probably since the cast was announced, because I think everything about this movie got me more and more excited about it, and it's obviously gotten delayed until now, and I feel incredibly terrible about how I saw it. How about you? I thought it was amazing how I saw it. Um, I had the best experience watching this movie, and I think that's why I forgive some of the things that went wrong. Because as you know, I've been very open that I'm going to be insanely critical of this film. I'm still going to be, but I have, I am merciful on this day because it was a pretty solid film. I'm so, so, so excited to see this film in theaters. I did not get the chance to see it in theaters this weekend. Oh my I went gosh. on a, a weekend trip to go visit my girlfriend, and so I had to watch this on the plane on my phone. Uh. And I feel so, so bad about it. Uh. <laughs> but I will be seeing it in IMAX sometime this week and buying like three tickets as penance for my sins. Fair warning, <laughs> you are going to go blind. It yeah. was one of the most harmful movies on my eyes, and I loved every second of it. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I was this plane was at this plane ride was like in the middle of the night, so oh, it was dark on the blind. plane, and I had my little like six inch screen in front of me, and then all of a sudden the like we'd enter into the desert, and it's like. Arrakis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just get straight into it. Yeah. Let's hit the meat of it. Yeah. This movie was one of the most solid universe building films I've ever seen. Oh yeah. I'm gonna say a hot take here. Mm -hmm. I liked it more than any of the original Star Wars. This that's, film alone. That's really <laughs> So I don't have as much of a connection to Star Wars as I do other things. The universe building in this film was some of the most fantastic, well written stuff I've ever seen, as well as the visuals were incredible. Star Wars could never. I, the technology definitely has allowed this to happen the way it has, but did you yes, watch I Rise do, of Skywalker? No, but I do agree that this is really, really impressive. Um, I hope that that encourages you to dive into the book as well. Mm -hmm. I am I definitely kind of agree. talking hypocritically because I haven't finished the book, yeah. but um, that is that is the book, and yeah. I think that um, the most impressive thing about this movie was adapting the book because so much of it is world building mm -hmm. and i think that they adapted that world building like perfectly yeah like there's like chapters where they're just like talking in a room in like this royal setting where mm -hmm. these like royal advisors and like business moguls are all sitting down and they're talking and you're kind of getting a sense of you know how the economy works in this world and yeah. stuff not in the movie at all and you, you don't need it it yeah. you just found a way to like cut the fat you see it all and just only keep the meat and then visually build this world mm -hmm. and it's yeah like you said it's perfection it's so good. it's a masterpiece um even the scoring Hans zimmer mm -hmm. incredible and let's just get into it uh spoiler warning pretty much from this point on there's not much we could say without spoiling this movie yeah if you haven't go see gone to see it go see it at the biggest screen you can yeah i got to see it on Please. a grand screen and that was one of the best experiences I've ever had in a film. I can't wait. <laughs> it was incredible. 
And it does, and I will be honest, pacing is interesting in this movie. Once you finish the movie, you look back and you think it's really well done. But in the moment, you're going to be a little off on certain parts. Um, The first about 30 minutes, I'd say, are a little tough to get through. They're very slow. But after that point, it picks up and it doesn't stop running. And I bet uh, Villeneuve, as he is known, uh, Denis Villeneuve, um, came out and said that the next film, part two, which is already not greenlit, but he is high hopes for it and so does everyone else including myself um part two he's he said he came out and went something along the lines of i got through the dialogue the universe has been built now we get into it the next part will have less dialogue and more non-stop action and i think that's how the again i've only i've only read up to about where the movie ends this movie ends of the book and i feel kind of bad about that too but um anyways um, I think that's how it's paced. Yeah. The book is the first half is very much building out the world. And then once it hits that, you know, middle point, which is where we're at at the end yeah. of the movie, things start to pick up and there's a lot more action and a lot less mm-hmm. talking and discussing and whispers about who's the the chosen one and yeah. all that stuff. And that's the beauty of this movie. It reminded me, watching it reminded me of the first time I watched Avatar. And I'm very critical of Avatar. I don't think it was as good as people think it is. Um, I've never seen it. This is what Avatar should have been. Yeah. Um, this movie, the visuals were stunning. And I know you said, like, I give Star Wars credit. They did a lot for their time. But the recent Star Wars, I'm talking about Star Wars as a whole, not just the original series yeah. anymore. They had the same technology and probably, like, quadruple the budget. And it's kind of trashy. They're... This movie, you do not want to look away. Yeah, I did not I... use the restroom once during this entire film. Because I was so, like, just entranced by this movie. I feel like I can agree with you holistically. Like... Mm-hmm. This this movie as a whole definitely has a lot mm-hmm. better as a whole, but I think that there are some moments in the Star Wars movies that are still like yeah, you know, at this level. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's just moments. It's not not the whole thing. Expansive, yeah. And this move this movie isn't it doesn't it's not jokey. It's not funny. No, it's real. Eh, There's parts to it, it that are like, huh? Where J- Jason Momoa Jason Momoa's was the comic relief. And there's parts that there, it's like funny, but this movie, it's real. You watch it and you're like, this is a real universe. These are real people, especially. So I haven't seen Timothy Chalamet in something like Holy for a long time. And so these are characters that like, of course, Oscar Isaac, um, Jason Momoa. These are characters that you know from other things or people you know from other things. But this movie was very good about making them feel like a different human being and very real. Yeah. That one of the things that I want to praise from book to screen is Timothy Chalamet. Like, I could not believe how great of a performance he gave because it is like perfect to yeah. what he's like perfectly cast. Every little thing that he's doing is like straight out of the book. Like, there's parts where he's kind of like sad boy and like, what am I going to do? You know, how am I going to rule this? big world all by myself and then there's other parts where he's just like very much i'm the the ruler now and i'm mm-hmm. going to have to take control over stuff and is very like grown up all of a sudden yeah and some movies like they fail in that aspect of the character they make the characters really annoying you're kind of like i want this person to die you don't ever you feel for him you yeah. want him to succeed and you're like in love with his character and it's not just Timothy Chalamet, it's the characters of the whole, the writing and everything. And it's kind of that way with a lot of characters, which does come to another issue I have, but I'll address that in a minute. Um, characters are the mainstay of any story, and this story is amazing. The actors are perfectly cast, like you said. Everyone is amazing in it. There's not a single person who's weaker than anyone else. Um, the villain, 
amazing, the Sarsgard. Mm-hmm. Everyone's amazing at Batista's. Even the small portions that Batista's in is amazing. Zendaya, the small part she's oh, in, amazing. Yeah, every basically everyone in this is like a big name. Yeah, and that's that's a credit to definitely a credit to Devine. Yeah, for um having a relationship with most of these people, he's worked yeah. with most of them in the past, but also just having a reputation of um not only making really good pro working on good projects that everyone wants to work on but also i think he gets really really great performances out of his actors yeah no it's amazing it was some of the most raw just talent and i think that's what helps this movie succeed where like even its weak points are high points in other films um is there anything else you want to say before i get into my kind of critique on this i know you haven't been much because i know you were very open with the fact that you were a fan of this kind of idea or this series you've been looking forward to it i came into it kind of blind and going into a blind can be a lot um, this movie is not necessarily for general audiences, more like people who are like film like moguls. Um, fantastic going in blind still. I, I thought think, it was incredible. I think some audiences, just general audiences, will definitely enjoy this. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are again, maybe a little more movie savvy or like mm-hmm. no, you know, like I feel like the, whoever turned out to go see Blade Runner by him mm-hmm. are going to come out to see this, yeah. you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really have much more just you can go into whatever you want to talk about mm-hmm. I'm just, but i have other things that we can discuss yeah. later and firstly the first one of the last things i want to say in kind of like praise um this movie was one of the first movies in a long time that felt like it was the start to a bigger saga that would be incredible mm-hmm. and i know i think it's only supposed to be a part one and a part two i would watch eight movies from this and there's there's material for yeah, it there's like, material there definitely for it. is um frank herbert wrote a ton of books or at yeah. least six i don't know but yeah, there's there's material for it. They don't have to like make up their own Game of Thrones style. They can just it's take Game from of Thrones. The books. If, yeah. Um, first thing that's, I said going into it. That's great to hear. <laughs> the first thing I went going into it, I said this. I don't want to see this on a big screen, or I want to see it on a big screen, but I want to see this in a series. Yeah. I want to watch this weekly, and I want to get these stories. I want this to be the new Game of Thrones and HBO. HBO. <laughs> it felt they, like Game they of Thrones. They can do that. And houses and it's amazing yeah and if that's something they want to pursue if they think that that's like yeah we're we're still waiting to hear if part two gets greenlit i mm-hmm. really think that either it's going to happen either this week if it is going to happen or it's going to happen next week after mm-hmm. they see next week's block yeah. next weekend's box office i really hope it's going to happen and i think if it doesn't get greenlit for a film it'll become a tv show and i think everyone will stay attached yeah well <laughs> It's spoilers, but most of them are dead. <laughs> yeah. The like, yeah, it doesn't 90, matter who's there for yeah, the most part. 90% of the, the big actors, eh, not 90, but uh, most of the big actors uh, that were like on the poster are now dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of, okay, so this is, that leads directly into my big issue with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I am all for Ned Starking a character mm-hmm. in the first, like, chunk. Mm-hmm. Let us grow attached. The pacing was so fast, and I understand why they did it, because they had a lot to cover in a short amount of time, but, like, Oscar Isaac's character, I wanted to know his character more and become attached to him. I had no attachment to his character before he was off. Um, um, same, same with Jason Momoa. I want more time with his character before you take him away. Um, the one, the Fremen who uh, worked for the, for the, like, the person of change or whatever, mm-hmm. I wanted to get attached to her character. There's just so many different things happening that I want to like. I want to know these people. I want to have like an attachment to them before they get killed off. And I don't care that you kill them. I want you to kill them for the most part because yeah. that's a good way to drive a story along. But let me build a relationship in my own mind with these people before you take them away. That's a little bit of the book. And um, 
one of the great parts about that the beginning of this like story in the book that you can't really do in the which I feel like they did really well in the movie is the like first or second chapter of the book they tell you that Dr. Yui, the um, the doctor, is going to betray the king and he's going to kill him. Really? So you know for like the entire first half up until it happens that that's going to happen. And like you, and they like kind of know that someone's going to betray them. Yeah. But that doctor is like out of the question and like there's like tensions that mm. they don't even discuss here because you really don't need it. No. Oh, I think they kind of go for that same idea with Duncan Idaho. The whole, mm-hmm. you see him at the beginning. I think they took that. I don't know if that's a part of the book, but I think they gave the kind of the, you know, the king's going to die and gave it to Duncan. You know Duncan's not going to make it out. Yeah. Um, but I think even without, you know, all the dramatic irony of telling you beforehand, I think that they still... It was effective. I felt, I felt for the character. These were heroic moments. These are big character moments. And they're happening a lot, and I think they were amazing. Yeah, I still felt like the, I still felt like there was an attachment that you can make to Oscar Isaac's mm-hmm. character um, beforehand. Yeah, and definitely Jason Momoa. Um, did Josh Brolin die? He did not. He's I, not an on-screen well, death. You did not see him. Not die. an on-screen death. Okay. Um, I, I have a feeling he will come back. Book. I have yeah. a feeling he will come back. Um, having spoken to some friends who are fans of the book. Um, I go, did Josh Brolin die? And they looked at me and they said, not in the way you think, and winked. And I don't know what that means. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I honestly don't remember. And it's um, just, there's so many fascinating things. And talk, having spoken to someone who's read all the way through the series, um, the guy who was the biologist I kind of mentioned yeah. earlier before we started the podcast, he was talking about how many little Easter eggs there were, the human calculators. He said that was his favorite part of the entire movie because of just how what that implies. And I don't know, I know you're kind of going into the book and this might be a spoiler. I don't think it's major. But in this universe, from what I've been told, there was a robot uprising and AI uprising years and years before. And so all form of AI and computers are outlawed by the Emperor. I it's I think I remember something. I'm sure it's about mentioned. That, yeah. Um, and that's why they have these human calculators, these people who are bred to be supercomputers. And yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Um, also, Polka Dot Man was in this, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, he's such yeah, a small he's, uh, role, and he's amazing in it. Yeah. And he yeah. Just, he's, he's already gone. Yeah, one of the actors, one of the tons of actors who yeah. loves to work with Denny. Yeah. Um, and he's amazing. Yeah. Everyone in this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's like someone like uh, Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista's hilarious. And in this, you're like, oh, my God, he's going to rip me in half. Yeah. And really? he's got a, he says, like, six lines. Yeah, reminds me of um, Blade Runner. Yeah. When this one scene that he's in, and it's this same less evil yeah. <laughs> performance, but still like very, like, um, and less like rage, I guess, as well. He's a lot mm-hmm. more calm, but still very, like, not what we've come to yeah. know him as, especially from like the Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe and this role as Drax. Um, costume designs was one of the strongest I've ever seen. That's why I compare it so closely to Star Wars, just in that department. Um, they're head and shoulders above them in my eyes. I this... think I think it's extremely fair to compare it to Star Wars because, <laughs> I mean, I I believe that Star Wars was based loosely off of Dune originally, wasn't it? I'm the books. Not sure. Um, I believe I'm, that's. I know that in when the um, David Lynch adaptation was being made, there was a big rush. It was not long after star wars and it was in a big rush to try and find a um like big sci-fi epic that can compete with star wars yeah. and obviously it didn't, it didn't yeah. go well 
but um, yeah. but now I think it can. I yeah. think it will. I think it'll overshadow Star Wars in some light. Um, because I think Star Wars needs to be overshadowed in some light. Because as much as I love the property, sometimes it just needs to go away for a while to become better. And I think it needs to take a break. And I think they're kind of doing that right now mm-hmm. because there isn't much. Like... Take the television. Make the Mandalorian. I love it. I will watch it. Weekly. Yeah. And there is there hasn't been since the Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. which was two almost years two years ago now. Yeah. Um. There hasn't been any new Star Wars content besides The Mandalorian and no. their other TV shows. And I think that's been a, a good break. A good like thing. Yeah. Other than the pacing in the beginning, I think everything was fantastic. The characters they introduce are fascinating. You want to know more about them. Um, and like I said, the character moments are strong, even though they happen very quickly. What else is there? I'm trying to remember. I, I think... really don't have much to critique on this movie. It was a masterpiece. And I'm... You knew how I was going into this movie. Yeah. I went into this movie wanting to hate it, and I loved it. Yeah. Like, this was one of the strongest movies I've seen this year. Up there with Shang-Chi and all those. They're in very different kind of lights, but this is not a Marvel superhero movie contender. This is a saga. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think the other thing that I found really, really impressive is the scale of everything. It's massive. It's huge. Yeah. Not, not just, like, that, mm-hmm. like, stuff. Of like, you know, you can see like there's this giant worm monster yep. or the like big desert or the planets or anything, but also the little stuff mm-hmm. of like how like watching uh Timothy Chalamet's character like learn about the planet through like a little hologram thing mm-hmm. and just like little stuff like that that adds to the world building. Yeah. Every shot in this movie is a piece of art. You could take a shot out of it and it'd be art. Cool. And especially the the flashback scenes or not the flashback, the the dream sequences are beautiful. One of them is a little weaker than others. I think you know which one I'm talking about on the CGI aspect. Um, can you see if you could figure out which one I'm talking about of the dream sequences? I don't specifically remember. So the one where Timothy Chalamet is in like this scarab-looking armor. Oh. I love it to death. The shot from the trailer, yeah. <laughs> I love it to death. It's amazing. It looks really rough on a big screen. Yeah. Um, because it's just a CGI suit of armor with Timothy Chalamet's eyes like loosely bobbing around inside of it. Um, still incredible shot. It's just like, oh, just do it practically, please. I think the armors will be practical once we get to that point. I think they're just like, okay, we need to have a design of this now. I think that was something, yeah, that they probably had to. I mean, what, it's a and five second shot. Yeah. And what's the story behind that armor? That's a different armor we haven't seen yet. I don't know. I'm, I'm really I'm excited to see yet. it because yeah. it looks fantastic. That kind of golden sand colored. Yeah. I so, so hope that this gets greenlit. I think it is. I don't, I, so I know I messaged, I, I messaged Brian earlier and I go, part two is not going to get greenlit because I like putting seeds of doubt in his head. Because um, it's not making a huge box office. It's doing well for this year, but compared to other things, it's not. Um, it's not going to be an, on a, a Marvel movie level, stuff like that. Um, so Still fantastic. I went back and looked at some of his other films Mm -hmm. and this one has done the best internationally or it's like on the same level of his other films internationally however this one has like 100 million dollars more in their budget than most of his other films so um i don't think they're basing off other films though and they're basing it off of just i think that the box office is definitely part of it but because they decided to release it on hbo max and this is one of the last ones that's going to get released on hbo max like it's nice it's definitely convenient for me but um it's something that i hope horrible for film yeah i hope they don't continue to do it after this year i think that as a marketing 
push for H getting people to subscribe to HBO Max has mm -hmm. probably been really great for them. And I think that's probably more of what they're part also part of what they're looking at mm -hmm. as the success of this movie is how many people turned on HBO Max and tuned into it, or how many new subscriptions did they get this yeah. this weekend? To I think watch it's like here. the top in the top three for movies on like the opening weekend or whatever in HBO Max. Um, they've made a shit ton of money on HBO Max. Pardon my French. They made a ton of money on HBO Max. Um, overall, this movie is an easy nine out of ten for me. Yeah. I would watch it over and over and over again because I've been watching it over and over and over again. Anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm forcing to sit down on a couch and watch it for two and a half hours. It does not feel like two and a half hours. It feels like 30 minutes you're in this world and then you're out and you're like, I need more. Yeah, I, again, just feel so bad that I watched this on my phone. You need to go to the um, biggest screen you can to make mm -hmm. up for it. Go to an IMAX. Yeah. No, and I'm, you will fall in love with it. I'm planning on going to an IMAX to see it as soon as I humanly can with yeah. everything else that I have going on. Um, not to uh, bring up the Batman in every podcast that we I'm not complaining. record um, from now until the Batman gets released. But um, the same person who shot this movie shot the Batman. Which is so exciting. And you, you can tell. Yeah. And <laughs> just from the trailer that we've gotten. They're just Batman. so beautiful. Yeah. I want movies like this to come out more often. Movies that are franchise movies but movies that are pieces of art. And I think, okay, controversial. Um, the Suicide Squad is a piece of art. Incredible film, beautiful, gorgeous. James Gunn is a franchise director for the most part. Um, and they're giving him a franchise movie to make into an art piece. And that's what they need to do more often. People need to give directors the, the ability to be like hands off. Like they, the producers need to just like, or the big companies to just hand them a franchise, be like, make this whatever you want it to be. We're going to stand out of the way and let you make money. Because every single time it's happened over the past like three years, Head has been insanely successful. I think I think that's what needs to happen with Star Wars. Yeah, I think they and the Mandalorian is definitely. Yeah, I think they tried that with Ryan Johnson, and I think that giving Ryan Johnson a piece of the giant Star Wars saga was probably like I'm not a huge fan of the Last Jedi. I think that that was probably not the best directing decision. I think that if you gave him like an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, yeah. it would have turned out absolutely incredible. Yeah. You know? Give us something no one's seen before. No one has, like, thought of before. Like, The Mandalorian, the beauty of that show is that no one thought of, like, oh, we're gonna go watch another bounty hunter who is not Boba Fett and walk around in Mandalorian armor. No one thought of that before, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm, again, hoping this gets greenlit, because the other thing that I really, really noticed was that Denis and his team have such like a clear vision for this like series and world that you can just you can see all throughout the movie yeah that we've Where that's it's what we've been talking about this whole time yeah. that they have everything locked in and mm -hmm. it's like give them another like even if you cut their budget and maybe it's like a little bit less in production value mm -hmm. just let them do it because they'll figure out a way because they clearly love this being in this world so much. Yeah. Denis will fund this movie out of his own pocket. He is, have you heard the like interviews of him where he's talking about the saga? It's like he pretty much comes out and says he's going to make every single part of the saga if it kills him. He's like very much adamant about this is going to get made and he's going to find a way to make it. He doesn't care who he has to go through to finish it. And it's incredible the dedication he has because it's, and I can see why. Yeah. He knows what he wants, he knows he can do it, and he's going to do it. And he's doing it successfully. 
Oh yeah. Um, I guess we'll just use that to segue into talking about him as a director because um he has made probably some of my favorite movies from the yeah. last couple of years. Um, going down the mm, let me pull up the list. Just so that of I, his movies? Yeah. I have one here. Um, well, his feature length films, I think, start with Polytechnique. Have you seen this? I have not. Um, I think that's his first feature. I'm I can sure. list off the ones I've seen if you want me to. Yeah, sure. Why don't we start there? Just because I, I, we should have discussed this before. We did a little bit. Uh, um, let's go. Yeah, I'd love to get a take your temperature on, on what you've seen and what your feelings are about some of his films. Also, there are two Dune movies listed on his uh, thing, other than on the his one, IMDb. Three overall, but two other ones. So it's Dune 2 and Dune the Sisterhood. Hmm. Um, so Prisoners, I've seen Prisoners, fantastic. Sicario, I have not seen Sicario. Arrival, I have seen most of Arrival. Blade Runner, I have seen most of Blade Runner. And that's it, because those are the only ones that are really important for him. Um, and they're all masterpieces. Yeah. I. Arrival is probably the weakest, and it's still fantastic. Wasn't it in an um, Oscar nominee or to win an Oscar or something like that? I can't remember. I really... Which one? Sorry. Arrival. I don't think it got... Like, for Best Picture? Yeah. No, no. He. I don't think he's been nominated for mm. any of his films. I Definitely visual effects. Blade Runner won for um, cinematography. Roger Deakins finally won his, yeah. his Oscar. And he doesn't like have Roger Deakins on the he didn't have Roger Deakins in Dune. No, no. Because this... that was one of the first big ones without him, or maybe even the first without him, right? Um, Prisoners, he shot with Deakins. Uh, Sicario. I believe shot... this is the I... first one without Deakins. Sicario, he shot with Deakins. Um, I think Arrival 2. I don't remember. Um, I don't think he shot Enemy with Deakins. Okay. Um, yeah, no. But it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, the way he builds a universe and makes you... These are real movies about real people, and he's got a way to make his actors act, and it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I was have been like slowly rewatching Prisoners this weekend. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's been a while, but um, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal are just out of control. Yeah, no, I it's the things they make are oh fantastic, and he's just such a good like he's an artist. Yeah. And he, what he makes is art. Uh, Blade Runner is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Um, Dune is up there. It is probably, it's on par with Blade Runner, probably, easily. Um, Prisoners is not a beautiful film, but it's a dark and sad and horrible movie. And but I love also it. beautifully shot. Yeah. Like, um, um, scenes where, like... It's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. He the, takes you into a world, and he... The thing is, with all these other ones he's released, he takes you into a world for a minute. And then you're out. Yeah. Dune, he's taking you into a world and he's going to make a universe out of it. I really hope so. And that's the beauty. I it's gonna get made. He's gonna find a way to make this. I think so. Um, I really, yeah. It's just uh I'm at a loss for words when it comes to this. So do you have a favorite by him? Prisoners. Dune is definitely up there though. Yeah. Um I've probably seen Prisoners the most. Yeah. Prisoners just so good. Probably Hugh Jack, my favorite. Um uh, thank you, Bryce, for being here to talk about Dune, and we'll see everyone next time. Thank you for listening.